This is Lovecraft Country Podcast by Blue TV. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And tonight we're hitting episode six. Jake, hit me with that title again, man. <laughs> <laughs> Meet me in Tegu. Tegu. Sounds perfect to me. All right. How, how are we feeling about this episode so far? I'll be honest. Uh, I was not a fan. Mm. I mean, Easily my I least hear, favorite episode. Felt like with uh, our classic bottle episode. And that's where I was going to go with it is, is that... I, I love the I love the the history and the culture. I, I love the nine tail uh, fox. I, I love all that stuff. But fifty five minutes of of this episode, I mean, like thirty five to forty minutes of it was introducing this character, and I'm concerned how much this character is going to be in the rest of the series. And so. I think she's pivotal. I think she is a big puzzle piece to have the overall show. Um, but it was just so, it, I guess it was just shocking to me to have an episode that we literally got Atticus for the last 10 to 15 minutes. And it was sporadic for the 10 to 15 minutes, maybe. You know, in the last five, yeah, 10, whatever, that's fine. But I mean, like, I don't know. I, I, I just. Also, I guess I went into the episode with expectations that I was hoping that it would be some backstory, some backgrounds like that. But I was kind of really surprised that first 30 minutes we didn't hadn't seen a single character from the show from the last five episodes. When I would say the other problem is we didn't learn anything about Atticus. Like we just reinforced we he was every a single thing. Well, I mean, is that? I mean, but that doesn't. What does that help the show or the storyline? Not much to me. No, we we kind of learned why he was haunted by the war. I mean, he's, but like we already knew. Like, if you're going to war, you're going to be haunted by it. Well, you know, what I mean, the, you're going to do we things got, that. We got a simple. We got some simple visuals of what haunts him, but we already knew war haunted him. Does that make sense? This right here just, just supported it for the visual for the viewer. Like, I, I don't know. I think it was less about that and more about the GI character. And I mean, it was a ton of buildup to just for her to see his future and him die in it and tell him not to go home. I mean, it was a lot. 55 minutes. Like, I mean, there's uh, no doubt about it. It was the entire episode before we get that. And then we still had to go to the Mudong to get the confirmation. That it was going to happen. So, I mean, it, it literally ate the entire episode. And I just feel like we could have got nailed this whole thing out in 15 minutes. And I don't know. I just, I wanted more from the episode to be attached to the original storyline or character stuff like that. But, you know, the funny thing is the show, every episode has been something unique or, uh, uh, like you said before, a play on a genre of things. I mean, um, and so it definitely went full bore into, you know, what would be foreign film to us and well, just spirits. Korean and- horror is a massive thing. We saw Parasite, which is a horror slash somewhat dark comedy, you mm-hmm. know, win the Oscar last year and stuff like that, or this year. 
Um, God, that was this year. It yeah. feels so long ago remembering so, the Oscars. So it makes, a, uh, I guess, a little sense as, as far as that genre is concerned. Well, and as you said, anywhere Lovecraft is involved, tentacles or tails are yeah. going to be there in spade. Uh, not to, I mean, this is kind of a... It's like a, a mythical creature from Korean mythology, but... Um, well, and it's weird because like I don't know how much anime or anything y'all watch, but the one of the biggest ones ever is Naruto. And then so something that he has inside of him is a nine-tailed fox named Kuruma. And it is based purely on rage, hate, and passion. And so to see that that's what this Korean spirit embodies is... I don't know who took it from who. I know a lot of mythology and things like that. Well, get... From the quick little research I did is it's a fox who lives 100 years, becomes a kumiho, mm-hmm. nine-tailed fox, has the power to turn into a beautiful woman to seduce men, and at the yeah. end, it's actually to eat their liver or their heart. Ooh. Um, which, if you think like pack hunters and... Burn the heart. That's the two most nutrients. Yeah, that, that's the two best pieces. Um, so I was a little surprised at the route they chose to go with it. When I saw those things coming out, and we saw what we saw in the opening little yeah, sequence, completely thought tentacles. I did not like, think tails. tails. Uh, well, but especially they were because they, they have like or like they just like little teeth or something. No, I mean you could clearly see. I mean, yeah, even when they're coming out, you could kind of see they even have like some little. Suckers, or yeah, I don't know if there were suckers necessarily, but you could there was protrusions off of them and stuff. And because at no point in time and... was I like getting tail vibes. Well, for... that's the thing. Like, I mean, I've petted a fox before, seen fox, gone fox hunting, all that like that. Those didn't look like fox tails. No, the thing we saw at the end of the episode was yeah. a fox. Yeah, yes, <laughs> a beautiful fox, by the way. Um, but so the things that were coming out, they, I mean, it, I, I don't know, it sounds terrible, but they look like you you ever seen those. A terrible emotion setting commercials of like dogs that are being you know mistreated and sarah mclaughlin plays the angel song in the background and and you know and then she's like help help these poor animals and like that and you know and it tears you up and you're like do i flip the channel or yes, you know, do i endure you know Look, everybody's listening to us right now like you know you've seen this and you know you, the feeling i'm talking about right now anyway I felt like those were like like a mangy dog's tail that was missing hair. That's what it felt like to me when I was looking at it. Honestly, when I saw it, it made me think of like cleaning out the shower drain. Yeah. That's, or, so that's the thought I got. I, I got like it. a pipe cleaner and then just like whatever comes exactly. out with it. Exactly. Like, oh, that's the thing you shove down there <laughs> and when you pull it out, it's covered in, you know. Oh, it's misery. My wife's hair and. Whatever, elder, and God, then the gagging begins. Yes. Um, See, I, I just get the pleasure of my own hair. So, yeah. Like, just, like, <laughs> Lucky oh, you. Mm, Lucky uh, you. Um, bad hair. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your back hair to yourself, Cash. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't know, man. I don't. Even, I don't really know what to think about this episode. I, it's not like it's not interesting. No, I, mean, I found like, it interesting. It was visually appealing. I mean, the setting was great. The background was awesome. Um, showing the, the, the culture, the dynamics, the outfits. The I mean, I love the um, – there was a partition or like – what do you call those things where you, they fold up but you get dressed behind them? Um, God. Uh, anyway, it had the tree. Remember we were talking about that one scene? It was just yeah, beautiful. Fantastic. I mean, like, so – I mean, we were even talking about her, that first outfit she was in, you know, it gave new meaning to hygiene, but it was really, <laughs> you know, it was really just a really cool, Top, great, yeah. uh, you know, uh, 
more. I don't know if it's right. Like I I've heard somebody say, like a jumper or something Rumper? where it goes all the way up. You know, jumper is what you think um, of. Anyway, like it was really unique. Um, I mean, like so, I thought all of that was on on point. Well, the, hey, shout out to kimchi. What sauerkraut wishes it could be? Because I don't know if y'all have y'all ever ate kimchi. Negative chance. No. I can't say that I have. No fermented cabbage, huh? I know it's good for the old gut biome. Oh right. yeah, all, all those good uh, microbes and whatever. Kind of <laughs> like uh, what's the tea? Right? I'm going off on a weird tangent, but. Um, Oh, I know what you're talking about. But. That stuff's disgusting. I don't care what anyone says. But kimchi, absolutely <laughs> delicious. Kombucha. 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 That's it. Yeah. yeah, avoid that stuff at all costs, but also really good for the gut biome. Right. Right. Kimchi, you put it on a sandwich or something. I'm letting you right. answer those two emails when people cuss you. I want you to know that. I, I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and fight me. I don't care. Like, kombucha. Like, uh, um, uh, just, I mean, again... There's not a whole lot to go down on this. I mean, on this, wow, that sounded terrible. But anyway, uh, other than that was p- part of the whole premise of this episode was anyway, a lot of sex scenes and a lot of nudity and different things. Um, learning Atticus was a virgin, and I guess, you know, this is the woman he learned from. And, um, you know, the, the I thought it was unique how they played the dynamic on the communist view uh, sympathizers. I, I love the. I thought the scene at the very beginning when she started dancing to Judy Garland and stuff like that. I thought that was very unique. I love the camera angles they did with it. Um, I thought you know her timing it was great. I mean, so there was a lot of really cool scenes in this. Mm-hmm. I just like I hate to sit there and I'm not going to bash the whole episode. I'm just saying like there was a lot of really cool visuals. A lot of time and effort you can tell was put into certain things to have this impact. And, you know, and the funny thing is, is that this was the first episode that, you know, as it was going through, they didn't really focus or bring up any strong uh, racial tension or racism until we met, you know, um, Atticus and his Atticus friend. and the other soldier uh, of Asian origin. And he talked about, well, you know, I'm a, a gook and I'm, I can't, it doesn't matter where I am, I'm. I'm the bad guy, yeah. which was a different perspective. I mean, Alex goes home, he's bad, but over here, he's not. You know, so it showed it showed different racism, you know, and different things. Even in a foreign country, how it affects somebody who is of different ethnic background. So they they were able to get that in there as well. So, I mean, like, they are they are staying consistent, and they're showing the, uh, the times and how it can affect not just Atticus or African-Americans or so on. So I thought that was good. Um, well, and another... Was there much backlash about the Korean War? Like, I'm too young to know really anything about... I know Vietnam was the first war to get true backlash because that was the first time things like that were televised. But, like, honestly, never even really knew about the Korean War until this TV show. And And so, like, I'm interested because, like, as soon as we see her come out of the theater and we have soldiers coming out, at first I'm thinking the city's under attack because we have the tanks rolling through and we have those pamphlets. I'm thinking it's ash initially. And it's just like, hey, don't worry, America's here. I was like, at no point in time am I feeling safe that we have these tanks rolling yeah. through the city and soldiers throwing pamphlets. That, like, yeah, hey, that makes me feel safe. <laughs> and then, like, we see how we United States soldiers are portrayed throughout this episode, saying, you know, you're still raping. It goes kind of back to Westworld and seeing how they treated the um, host, things like that, and how the soldiers treat. Well, yeah, I mean, like, there's a scene where she goes to the base and they discuss about how they don't let them on the base anymore. 
um, because evidently there is a you know communist spies running communist around. spies, but they make a reference to they have entertainment girls, call girls, little basically call girls, um, uh, the base. Yeah, and so I mean like comfort women, comfort women. Yeah, um, and so I mean like, and we've seen that in just <laughs> I don't know how many different movies where you know soldiers go to an area. And that becomes something that's prevalent, you know, your downtime, R&R, whatever you want to call it. And so they hit that nail on the head here. I I don't know enough to say anything in comparison when it comes to what happened in Korea. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I know that. And I'm taking college courses on history. I took a class on military history, believe it or not, like that. And I don't know if there was something that was unique on this situation, but it kind of feels like it was leapfrogged, you know, when it comes to that thing. We, there was tons about World War One, World War Two, Vietnam. Cold War, things Cold like War, that. Things, things like that. But, like, the well, Korea I, conflict was not something that was prevalent when, when I went to school and had those history classes, you know. I, but I, I, they, they used the situation over there. Like you said, they didn't overtly talk – extreme amounts about um the racial tensions that we have you know that they've had in the other episodes and stuff like that but what they're showing was a correlation oh yeah i mean they they truck a guy down the street and lynch him in the street it's you're supposed to As get they're cheering him cheering right it all on and all they got to do is say he was a communist right you know what i'm saying just like with black men all they had to say was Oh, he, he looked he at a something. white woman wrong, yeah. or, or, or he's a rapist, or whatever the reason is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So the mob mentality, the treating others this way and stuff like that—that's what you're supposed to get out of it. I feel like it's, I can see that. No, I can totally with, see that. You bring up a great point, especially yeah. with the military police standing there, just like saying, "Oh, those are the good white people doing nothing, just standing by the oh, side uh, and allowing this to happen." There's because, no difference there, and like the cops. You know, standing in their car when something bad happens on the street. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. You're you're supposed to understand the juxtaposition between the two things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And how they can... Basically, they're relating communist to, you know, ethnic people in America. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's pretty easy to draw the... (laughs) the, No, I mean, you bring up a great point with that. And it is painted in a broad brush brush right there for us to see in... And they do. I mean, they, they. I think they do it a few different ways. It's like, you know, they, like you said, just yeah. the way the the MPs well, stand around, or, you know, just you know, it's okay to bring the communist women into the camp as comfort women, we, but don't let anybody know that you actually care, or right, or not even necessarily that you care, but don't make it a big public thing that you're bringing the others into your bed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's a, so it's, there's, there's a few little hints they drop in there that are just supposed to remind you of like, Hey, this is how we treat others here in this era. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it makes sense. Well, and like care about our culture or anything when she's speed dating and she's talking about Judy Garland and the dude's like, Oh, ha ha ha. I love this movie. I've seen it twice. All of that X. It's like as soon as you're not really caring about Japanese or Korean culture, there's no way that I'm going to look at you as a real person. Oh, I, I got I got that vibe, but I also got the vibe of he was just looking for a hookup. I don't, like I you saw know, because, it as more of like it's like I, I mean, can understand you in private, but in public, there's no way that this could work. But wasn't the guy that that said he also liked Judy Garland mm-hmm. and all that stuff? 
he was the other communist that her friend was whispering to. I'm almost positive that's who he was. Might have been. I think he was only there to keep face, and that's why he was ending up with her. They were always going to pair together. So he's a sympathizer. Yeah, they were always going to pair together. That's why they were whispering together about the communism and the movement and stuff like that. So it's like... Okay, yeah, and I could see that. The other two, I agree with you. The other two, like, she showed her differentness. She showed herself. And they were like, X, you know, absolutely not. So, yeah, she had to fake it. And did not do very well faking it. Yeah. No. <laughs> but And one of the big things is we get the visions that she has with Atticus right there at the end of the episode. And we knew that it was eventually going to happen. And some of the things we saw is the torture. And there's a lot of grimace on Atticus's face. Like, we know he didn't want... That's not who he is. Is someone who's going to be able to torture somebody or anything like that. But to see it painted on your face and how much like it hurt him... To have to go through something like that. I don't know if we needed to see it, but it was good to reaffirm that we did have that right. as this kind of person. Yeah, but the, you know, the just following an order's excuse. It, it's it, a tough one. It, like, only I mean, go, it only goes so far. Yeah. I mean, you, you know? look at it all the way throughout history and people use that. And yeah. I don't. There's morality is you just can't do it. Eventually, you got to break away. Right, and, and I'm not a large uh, religious guy, but if you ever watch the movie Kingdom of Heaven, the mm-hmm. rare good Orlando Bloom mm-hmm. movie, okay, but there's a, <laughs> but there's an excellent scene where the king tells him, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when you stand in front of God or like that, do you think you could just say I was following mm-hmm. orders, you know, when you did something horrible or whatever the case may be, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so it's just going to be no. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, so I like that they threw that in there. I mean, it's, it makes sense. It yeah. doesn't matter that he feels horrific about it. Or it does matter, actually, that he feels terrible. Well, yeah, but, you hope he has a conscience. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. But we get that. We get, there looks to be a third woman that he's going to be yeah, with. Yeah, like, well, you see him, you know, the cash money to get on a Chicago bus, you know, showing that he's leaving to go home. And then you see him in bed with another woman. Um, and it's... It's not Letty. I don't. It didn't feel. It didn't look like Letty to me. No, I no. would say it wasn't. Um, and then you know. Then you see Letty. Yeah. And you do well, see Letty, and then you see this thing where he's got this you know, beige strap over his chest, and you know it's where he's being. Yeah, he's like strapped to something. Strapped mm-hmm. in like that, and then you see him collapse like he dies. Um, and that's kind of all you get. Um, but, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a. Not enough to say, ooh, I don't know where we're going with that, you know, but no. Yeah, I have no idea where we're going with it, but it's just like, it's interesting that this creature attacks him in Korea before anything happens when he comes back home to deal with Maine. So like, is do we think his blood is attracted to it? Like, is there a reason or is it just kind of unfortunate luck or fortunate luck that he's dealed with the spirit monster and able to live? And love it. Like, I mean, I think that's how this is all going to be ended up tying <laughs> That's a great in. question. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the only thing I can think I mean, of. Like, is, what are the odds? Yeah. <laughs> because like, okay, we figured out die is one of the words he learns. And that's why he calls her. That's our suspicion by the end of episode four going into this one. 
Well, he translates the word. He tra- well, he is attempting to translate based on the vocabulary that mm-hmm. he's got from his ring or from the words that are so on. And we see in his pamphlet it says die. And he decides to call her. And the only reference we have to that is her at the very end yep. saying, don't go home, you will die. die. Um, and so that's the only correlation I could put two and two together. Um, but if you're wearing a ring and you feel like the three letters on the inside of represent the word die, mm-hmm. I'm very curious to, to the significance of why you wear the ring, you know, where that re- leads to, you know. But I thought the letters on the inside of the ring he said were his initials. initials. And that's how he got three letters in the alphabet to start the translation. I didn't think it. And then remember they had protect. Yeah, he found she, protect. And she was like 17 out of 32 or whatever, remember? Oh, you got 11. 11. Yeah. Or 11 out of 32. Or 11 out of 26. I don't know what English alphabet you're going off of. <laughs> not, <but>. not sure. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're go add a few more in there and everything. Uh, and get a give niner in there. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm not sure that that's what he... I, I can't remember if that's what was inside the ring or if it was his. No, I think it is his initials. I, I think, think you bring up a good point. I think I think is that for all you know, he's translating something else, and it can, you know, and all we saw was die. But maybe we see the rest of the book, and it says you will die, or does it? It shows that hey, it really compares to what she said. You know what I mean? I, 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 I just have no idea. No clue. No, no. But I mean, this says. Now that we're talking about about it a little bit, this does explain why he's more likely to believe in the magic. Why the I can only call them vampires back from episode one and two because I don't know what else they are. Yeah, you know that was Didn't just our freak best him guess. out like crazy. Freaked him out like crazy, but like he was able to but stand I mean, his ground a little bit better. Yeah, and not be in complete shock. So like, because now we at least know why for a little bit of this. He's already seen it, experienced it a little bit. And I still don't know what role she's going to play. We don't even know if she still has this monster. She might have decided to get rid of it, well, or if so she is the monster. It's a, well, they're calling her a monster, but she's a spirit. It has a spirit, spirit. with her. In it. Yeah, and I keep wanting to go off of Kirima, which is why I keep calling her <laughs> it, and I know it's not Kirima. Well, the, you know, the crazy thing is, is that she's she's done this to ninety nine other dudes. Yeah, and so the DNA profile in that bedroom. <laughs> Uh, for a CSI would be unbelievable. <laughs> and I want to know something. Whoever is on the cleaning crew to be able to get all those windows done with all the oh, you're just intricate down and restarting every time. Intricate you know, woodwork and everything else. I'm not even sure you can clean those walls. As Eminem once said, I'm pretty sure orange, they're three, made of times. like a paper. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, like I said, I mean you just gotta burn it and just start anew. And I, I want to know what turns a human into jelly where there's no bones or anything that land when after you Maybe just pop. like the sheer force of the explosion just, just gelatinizes yeah. everything. Hashtag magic. <laughs> <laughs> just like those candles. Like that, that really bugged me at first. And then we get further into the scene and everything turns into jelly. And I was able to let the... One lighting just of let candles. that go, huh? Yeah, yeah, just let that one go. You know what I mean, like, I mean, but, when you walk into a room that you know, somebody lights one candle and the rest of the candles light up, do you go, Yes, I want to get naked with this woman now? Absolutely, you know? I mean, uh, as soon as you see <laughs> I mean, her like, laying right there, yeah, <laughs> like, the fact that a hundred candles just lit, 
out the window. Yeah. Like, this is my honest, moment. <laughs> which brain were you thinking with? Yeah. <laughs> Not the one that noticed a hundred candles get lit by one. I can promise you that. Like, uh, yeah, that, that made me a little tingle on the back of the neck. Like, yeah, this might be a bad idea. A witchcraft going on here. <laughs> be all right. Risking it. <laughs> we be all right. Yeah. <laughs> this chick's freaky. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm. but I mean, so like, I was really down on the episode at the beginning, but talking through it, I think it connects a little bit more than initially thought, and I'm a little bit more excited going to the next episode, even though I have no idea what we're leading to, and yeah. we tried to watch the preview, and lo and behold, luck had it, and it just didn't show for us, so. <laughs> well, I was able to see Zach it. Zach ended up seeing it. Oh, ended up well, seeing it, so doesn't it, surprise me. Um, But... And based on that, it's going to go into an even more unique realm. Should Um, be interesting. uh, So, um, but we do know time. Well, there's a good chance time travel exists in this world. (laughs) Ding ding ding! (laughs) If you watch the the preview for next week, didn't see it completely out of nowhere. (laughs) But knowing that time travel. does exist in this universe. We have her being able to see the future being realistic. I don't know where it's necessarily going to go with it, but I I think that's what this episode was hinting at was time travel or time manipulation is a real thing. Well, I'm not giving anything away really. I mean, I just kind of, kind of told you is that the next episode, they play on the whole different eras of time. But with characters we have in current time, okay, does that if that makes sense? Well, I mean, I remember in the preview, like we still have to go to Basically, Roman times. The genre for next week is Back to the Future. Okay, and you think I'm joking? We don't I'm need literally roads. telling you yeah. that's what it feels. Well, I mean, like, like we still have to go to the Roman era because I mean I remember that in the preview. Well, so the next episode is where is Roland. So. How we just jump into that? Like with only fifty minutes, that's going to be a lot to do. Well, but. if you're. If, Again, the preview. I mean, like that the 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 solar system deal. Yeah, the preview shows her unlock it. Okay, and so voila, there you go. So, yeah, George's wife probably just wanting to go wherever. Tipolata wants to find out what happened to George. I'm sure. Which I mean, we haven't seen her in two episodes, and she was going to Boston. So this makes perfect sense that we finally get to go back to her. And then I guess the. Last thing is, County Monte Cristo has to play a bigger role into this. Like it is almost the. Well, uh, God, I almost hate to say that they're foreshadowing an end where, like, they've put it where Letty and Atticus are together, but like, are, is there going to be a division of some kind? And when they come back at the end, that they don't, they don't actually stay together. If that makes sense, you know, or it could be. Um, with the 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 character, Gia, Gia, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be that situation. So I mean, like. I think there is some foreshadowing because that book has been a part of multiple episodes. Heavily. Heavily. And this one extremely heavily. And it, and they made a point to talk about the, how the ending of the book is different not, from the movie. It's way different from the movie, which I love the movie, by the way. Um, and so, I, I, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't know that. I've never read the book. Um, I've always heard it's a classic and stuff. But so, one of those times where trusting a movie to be somewhat accurate has let me down 
Why would you ever trust a movie to be accurate? Well, I mean, I, you want to believe, you know, like that. I mean, my favorite movie of all time is based on a short story. And then when I read the short story, I was like, <laughs> wow, man, Darabont really got a lot out of that short story. Yeah. And you were trusting a movie to be accurate with it. I mean, well, we had Jake tells The Shining was a complete farce. Yeah. Honestly, the only movie I know that's done kind of homage to him is the first Lord of the Rings. Like the first in a trilogy usually sticks to it pretty well. The first Hunger Games stuck really close to the script, which almost made the movie worse in a weird way. <laughs> but like outside of like the first movie slash book in a trilogy, same with the first season of Game of Thrones, stuck really close to the book. And then it got further and further away. Outside of that, you're nowhere near it. Right. And I, I don't know if just someone wants their own spin on it or they have what? to put their own little fingerprint on it every time because they can make it better god and not to mention there's about five thousand people in the studio that are yeah. like we gotta have this we gotta have that then contracts come into play i mean that's how you get something like daryl just completely taking over a tv show and oh yeah just yeah, different so you're things. talking about like i was a huge walking dead fan but i mean huge. now we're getting off on tangents that have nothing to do with the show and i oh, do we have man. anything else um, <laughs> Not for the episode. I'm sorry. There's just not much. Yeah, I mean, to there me. really wasn't. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, it wasn't my favorite episode for various reasons. It did have a lot of cool stuff going on in it. Special effects were always fantastic. Um, just unique and different different angles of <laughs> portrayal, like Jake said. And I have a different appreciation for it after we've discussed it. You know, um, the connections to you know here past episodes there and, and hopefully so future on. episodes. Yeah, so. Uh, but like I said, other than that, I'm just, you know, I think this episode had some wow factor, but like, I don't know how much story development we got. I'm going to reserve a little bit more judgment until we get into further episodes, because right. as we right. broke it down, I realized how it could touch into future episodes. And if it does that, which I have faith in these writers to be able to do, then it's going to raise us a lot. I don't know if I'll ever come back and watch this episode. <laughs> but knowing that what it has Never. to a potential future <laughs> gives me a little bit more hope. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, what did y'all think? As always, uh, again, thank you for all the awesome emails. Um, I want to give uh, props to that. Wait, I got at least two or three, I remember distinctly, that even gave me links, videos. Um, a, I got a, an email that had a... Uh, that was a link to a person's uh, final exam or thesis paper or like that stuff that discussed um, the 50s and 40s Chicago. We tweeted uh, that one out. And um, that talked about how the, the scene was so much more than what you would have mm-hmm. ever thought and imagined that it was extremely prevalent and that – um, widely known and was not, you know, like we discussed how we thought it was, uh, it would be more brazen, you know, in such a strong time of strong racism and, and, you know, brutality that to come out and have something like that, that you would be, make yourself maybe even more of a target at that mm-hmm. time. Um, but the reality of it is, is it was a very strong scene it was uh, very well known. And so that, I really appreciate the listeners, you know, well, I mean, uh, just the difference in the song playing between Ruby and Montrose. Of how one was sung by a singer and it was more forgiving, understanding, this is who I am. Right. Versus Ruby's was more uh, violent. 
coming out. Correct. And Correct. I think someone even told us of how they, it was two different creatures. Like one was the locust versus the butterfly coming out of their shell. Correct. So, um, I mean, we, we have a lot of great insights yeah, from like, uh, listeners and coming here's the thing, in and emailing like, us. I'm not going to lie to you. I listen to some of the other podcasts on the show, mm -hmm. you know, to see if other people get different perspectives and different things like that. I didn't hear any of this when it came to the other, you know, other uh, popular shows. Um, and so that just tells me that there are nuances and uh, things that relate to people uniquely and differently or would see things differently. And, you know, what we don't see or what would be natural to see to someone else, but that we don't, you know, I really appreciate that you send that stuff to us because there were, we've got, that was one of those things that stuck out last week. Like you were talking about the butterfly thing and the, um, and the, the, uh, the scene there in Chicago in the fifties and how that was done. And, uh, so I really, like I said, I want to really appreciate you guys. I mean, like I said, we've gotten, uh, lots of reviews and lots of emails, lots of talk on social media. I really, really appreciate it. Y'all please keep it up. Uh, like I said, we, I've made a point to answer every single email we get. I know y'all did a few. Um, I think it's just absolutely awesome to have that communication. So I appreciate it. So if you're still listening to us and enjoying everything, or have got some insight on this, on this episode, or even some future insight, did you see something we missed that would tell you, Hey, where you think this is going? Let us know. Uh, we really appreciate it. That is blue TV podcast, uh, at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter uh, on blue TV podcast, as well as Facebook. Uh, and you can find us on a new platform, Amazon Music slash Podcast. That is correct. We, uh, that just opened up, and we are on there, so feel free. Hit it up. Give us a positive review. You know, if you haven't done iTunes yet, do that as well. But other than that, I think we're going to call tonight. Uh, this is Lovecraft Country Podcast by Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. We'll see you all next week.